0: Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me
1: is uh,
2: my name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Edwood. I am the Pope in question. Welcome to episode 260 of this podcast, and also welcome to the first installment of a uh, Fred Willard summer yes all this summer we will be watching various films featuring uh the legendary character actor fred willard who was in a ridiculous amount of stuff and uh i will probably say this a few more times during the podcast but the thing that i like about the summer of fred willard is that you never know how much fred willard you're gonna get
1: this is true
2: because Fred Willard being such an amazing character actor, he might be starring in the movie. He might be co-starring. He might be part of a a whole menagerie of colorful characters. You might get a small bit of him. You never know the level of Willard that you're going to get in any given movie. So that's good. So it's it's not overpowering. It's not too much Willard. You
0: know? Yes, but also the Willard is free. You're watching something else, yeah. you you're you're not even thinking of Fred Willard, and all of a sudden, BAM, there's Fred Willard. You know, it's like yeah. it, it's like that over fried French fry that I enjoy so much. You know? Yeah. I yeah. didn't know it was there. And when I bite into its golden hollowness. You know, I'm just happy, you know, and maybe I get one, maybe I get two. There are a lot of bags of French fries that I don't get any in, you know, right. like the triple X movies, zero, yeah. zero Willard.
2: Yeah. So, uh, bunny. Yes. I have a piece of coronavirus-related news that I would like to easily and unequivocally now nominate for the funniest story from COVID-19.
1: Okay.
2: Like, finally, when all of this is in the history books, I'd like for this bit of news... To win the funniest story from COVID-19 award. Because I I really do think that this shit is hilarious. Okay, so, Chuck E. Cheese. Yes. Chuck E. Cheese was created by, of all the people who could have created Chuck E. Cheese, Chuck E. Cheese was created by Atari co-founder Nolan Bushnell.
0: That is unreal.
2: It was his idea to redo the way that pizza places were seen before Bushnell came around. Pizza places focused on great pizza, amazing pizza, tasty ass pizza, and then maybe some games and stuff. So Bushnell's Chuck E. Cheese pizza would focus on the games and focus on the stuff. There yeah. would be rides and games and skee-ball and earning tickets and... And there'd be entertainment, there'd be uh, audio animatronic figures singing, there would be jungle gyms, a ball pit, fun, entertainment, and I guess since we're a pizza place, we'll sell some shitty pizza too. Yeah. And that seemed to be a successful enterprise. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese seemed to be successful pre-COVID. Yeah. But with all of their pizza places closed down and everything but pickup and delivery, suddenly Chuck E. Cheese is just royally fucking screwed because no one wants their pizza. Yeah. No, no one no one goes to Chuck E. Cheese and it's like, oh, man, like I can already taste that Chuck E. Cheese pizza. Like, I've been to yeah. Chuck E. Cheese pizza a bunch of times. I have a ton of kids. I couldn't tell you which... Uh, I couldn't tell you which, what their pizza tastes like. Yeah. You know, don't don't go to Chuck E. Cheese for the food. I have. the everything else.
0: I have never been to a Chuck E. Cheese being childless. And I would still want to go to a Chuck E. Cheese. But even, even mentioning Chuck E. Cheese pizza, it makes me think of the pizza you used to get in school.
2: Yeah. Well, now Chuck E. Cheese is screwed because no one wants their pizza in the new world of touch-free delivery and drive-thru only service. So here is what Chuck E. Cheese does. And it's a bold move. It's a bold-ass move. They changed their name on Grubhub. So you look at Grubhub and you go, oh, Chuck E. Cheese. I don't want Chuck E. Cheese. That's gross as hell. Ooh, how about this place? Pasquale's Pizza and Wings Oh
1: my god
2: are they, are they new? I've never heard of them before Let's give them a try So yeah Pasquale's Pizza and Wings Because no one goes to Chuck E. Cheese for the fucking food And the funny part is Is that there's Chuck E. Cheese and the Chuck E. Cheese band I think they got rid of all of those audio animatronic figures But Chuck E. Cheese and his band, they were different. There was like a chicken and there was a dog. And then I believe the drummer, I might be mistaken here, but if I'm not mistaken, the drummer is Pasquale Pizza (coughs) Chef. So they named, they renamed their pizza place after one of the characters from the Chuck E. Cheese band. I find that fascinating. Yes and uh so a philadelphia man figured it out he got the the pizza delivered to him and he was the one who was like wait a second what's the address of the place that you got this at let me type this into fucking google holy shit pasquale's pizza and wings is actually chuck e cheese and and uh google searches grubhub searches shows a number of different Chuck E. Cheese locations all across America have changed their delivery names from Chuck E. Cheese to Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. The crazy part is, is that in certain cities, there are actually places called Pasquale's Pizza and Wings. So you got to be careful now ordering pizza to be delivered to you because you might accidentally get a Chuck E. Cheese pizza. And I got to say... Uh, Uh, as much as this is a huge, massive dick move, uh, kudos to Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) I believe the young people would say uh, you've got to respect the hustle. Yeah. You know, this is a bold move. Hats off to you for uh, staying thirsty, I guess. But if you You
0: think about it and you think about like pre-virus days chucky e. cheese is kind of our equivalent to a wet market you know yeah to a chinese yeah. wet market because it's just full of kids running around and god kids are some of the most crudded up things on the planet you know they are just germ factories you go to shake a kid's hand there's a seventy five percent chance it's covered in boogers, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so like eating anything in Chuck E. Cheese is pretty much the equivalent of eating a bat in a Chinese in a Chinese wet market.
2: Yeah, I can't imagine a place like Chuck E. Cheese continuing to thrive in our uh, post coronavirus world. You know.
1: Yeah.
0: Jesus yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm thinking maybe it's a good thing that we stopped them before before there was an outbreak from them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just just watch out when you order Pasquale's pizza and wings. Yeah, um, from your local delivery place is all I'm saying. Just be careful if you order any pizza. You just might get Chuck E. Cheese. Hello, is this Domino's? It can be <laughs> you get Domino's delivered to you and it's Chuck E. Cheese but it's like someone drew the noid over him yes yeah that's 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 how strong Chuck E. Cheese's hustle game is right now so be careful anytime you order food you might order Taco Bell and you'll get Pasquale's <laughs> you don't know They might step up their game, is what I'm saying. Yes. Bunny! Yes! I have been extremely pissed off this week, and let me tell you why, okay? Okay. Fuck the Academy Awards, Bunny. Fuck all of them. They can all fucking suck it!
0: Okay. You know I'm down with that.
2: Yeah, and this has nothing to do with their new one-time rule that movies shown at home and on streaming services and on-demand movies will be eligible for the Oscars because movie theaters aren't open. And it has nothing to do with the coronavirus possibly even canceling the next Academy Awards, which I wouldn't mind at all. What I'm upset about is the actions that have taken place at the A24 auction. Okay. We talked about this before on the podcast. Film Studio A24 held a charity auction of their most memorable movie props. And all of the proceeds would go towards the FDNY Foundation in New York City. So helping out first responders and all that. And we're talking big props, Bunny. Okay. Big time props. The light from the lighthouse, went for $80,000.
0: Nice.
2: While the tiny mermaid carving that the sparkly vampire masturbated to went for $110,000.
1: Okay.
2: Mean, mean, so uh, the lighthouse was probably the most successful of their A24 auctions. Let me tell you what wasn't a successful auction for them. Uh, uncut gems. Okay. A lot of people wanted props from Adam Sandler's uncut gems.
0: It might have boogers on it.
2: Yeah. Right. The bejeweled Furby from Adam Sandler's uncut gems, which again was a very impressive thriller that I also hope to never see again. That went for only 13,000. And, uh, the heirloom doormats from Hereditary went for six thousand for Charles's doormat and eight thousand for Annie's doormat and those were those were the only non uh horga related auctions <laughs> that I yeah. cared about it, with all that out of the way, let's talk about the elephant in the room midSomar yes, this was easily. The most anticipated auction of them all. They auctioned off a lot of shit, Bunny. They auctioned off the hammer. Okay. From Midsommar. They auctioned off Ruben's tunic that I didn't notice in the movie has paint splots on it. Because you see, Yosh, Ruben is unclouded by normal cognition. (laughs) It makes him open to the source. They also auctioned off villagers' outfits, the May Queen's crown, and the bear headdress that Christian wore during the close-ups, but not the entire bear. Okay. Not the entire bear outfit, just the, like, headpiece they auctioned off. And then there was the piece de resistance, the May Queen dress. Okay. Now, there was a lot of buzz about the May Queen dress. A lot of big names wanted this. Singer Halsey intend- said that she intended on winning the May Queen dress. Uh, I don't know her music that well, but she was on uh, SNL twice, and she's all right. Ariana Grande also wanted to win the outfit. And even full frontal host Samantha B expressed an interest in winning the dress. And I was rooting for Samantha B, But none of them ended up with the May Queen dress.
1: Okay, who did? The original, who did? Who did?
2: The, orig- the original May Queen gown made from 10,000 silk flowers was auctioned off for $65,000 and was purchased. By the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, the goddamn Academy Awards won the May Queen dress, and that pisses me right the fuck off, and I will tell you why. You mean to tell me that you could spend almost $100,000 on the May Queen's dress from Midsommar, but you couldn't give them a single fucking nomination? Yeah, right? I, well, you could spend a hundred thousand dollars buying the dress where you couldn't just go, hey, we'll nominate them for best cinematography or special effects or costumes or some shit. Fuck you.
0: Yeah. And not only that, it that
2: whole
0: that whole vibe where it's all fairly normal people bidding on a dress, fairly normal. I mean, there's still celebrities and shit. Bidding on a dress. Yeah. And then this just kind of corporate powerhouse that swooped in and said, you know what? No, fuck is all, it's mine.
2: Yeah, yeah. Pisses me off. You know, it's like piss- if we
0: like if we all had our car our hands on a hard-bodied truck and we've yeah. been there for three days. And then Chevrolet just comes in and says, nope, sorry, we won. You know, how how pissed would you be?
2: That is exactly how they should have settled this. Hands on a May Queen. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That would have worked, you know, just put the the, get the May Queen dress, put it in like a small town in Texas.
1: Okay. Except
0: the, the May Queen gets to sit, though. Okay. And the May Queen yeah. gets like as much lemonade or whatever disgusting things they drink.
2: Halsey, Ariana Grande, Samantha B., a member of the Motion Picture Academy Awards. Uh, here, drink this tea. It's got special uh, properties. And then they just start dancing around the May Queen dress. <laughs> and then whoever's left standing wins the May Queen dress. That's how it should have been handled, A24. Yes.
1: Bunny. Yes.
2: I, we've still got a big show to go. We've got Bunny Versus. I had originally intended this to be a short chap about an upcoming film, but it just exploded. Okay. And uh, And this week's movie. This week's movie, which I have a lot to say about. Okay,
1: I'm a big,
2: I'm a big fan of Anthony Anderson lately. A really big fan of his.
0: Not familiar Black-ish. with his name.
2: Uh, he he's the guy working the drive-through at oh, okay. Burger Shack.
0: Okay, I, I I did enjoy him quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I he. He hosts uh, a game show that Maxwell and I saw the other day, and it was just a whole bunch of fun. But we 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 still have a, a big show to go, but before we uh, get to any of that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break?
0: We should take a break.
2: Alright then. We will be right back with more of the Popun film after this. Do 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 and break. <laughs> Mom,
0: Bob's a big girl now. He can put on his own dresses.
2: The fiendish Doctor Wu. I should have known it was you. Your knowledge of scientific biological transmogrifications is only outmatched by your zest for kung fu treachery! bunny yes are you ready for another exciting installment of bunny versus are you ready are you pumped are you amped are you jazzed are you psyched are you primed are you ready and raring to go are you hyped up
0: i am ready and raring to go and this might be a long one
2: okay that's fine without any further ado it's time once again for bunny versus and here is your host Bunny Williams, take it away, Bunny.
0: Yes, Chuck E. Cheese would be the epicenter of a American outbreak.
2: Yeah,
0: for the next pandemic, yeah. the, the 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 sequel, you know, the one where well, it's not COVID nineteen anymore. It's like COVID nineteen son, you know, something COVID-19 like that.
2: nineteen two. <laughs> the recoveting.
0: The recoveting.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: So how are you?
2: Um I'm all right, I guess. Uh this week has been exciting. Yeah. El- Eleanor just thinks that like she she wakes up. My youngest wakes up and just thinks, Okay, I get to spend the entire day w- w- attached to my brother now. Okay. And we're going to do everything together and we're going to play together and we're going to watch TV together and we're going to play games together. And every once in a while, Maxwell doesn't want that. And Eleanor doesn't want Maxwell to do that. Yeah. She just wants to just be attached to him all of the time and, and, she parrots a lot of the things that he does, and 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 they just fight so often. And then Bella comes in, and Bella's just this lightning rod that gets the kids all hyped up and angry and stuff. And it's 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 difficult to be attached to the children twenty four seven. It's just very difficult, and and I've been having a hard time with that. And then Natasha is gone for work and a lot of times it's just me and 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 it it's weird to be in a house full of people and still feel so lonely. Yeah. But uh there have been some positives this week. Uh I went for a really good period in time without my rescue inhaler. I've been trying to spend more time outside. And then, of course, the weather is like, oh, Steve wants to spend more time outside. Great. 50% chance of rain every goddamn day. You might get rain. You might not. You never fucking know. But I've been trying to step up being more physical and spending time outside with the kids. And I can be on the trampoline now for like an hour without dying too much.
1: Yeah, I'm not,
2: the time. I'm not jumping the entire time. The kids just one at a time want me to jump on the trampoline and double jump them so that they almost die. Okay. The my two youngest are really into that right now, and then it, it, it's also a stressful time because you know I'm I I'm in my 40s and I have asthma and 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 I have no health insurance and and it's and so my severe chronic asthma. It, it means that I'm still quarantined and I'm still at home and all of that, but also things are opening. And so we have had preliminary very early, not official talks about maybe starting story times live again next month, but taking a lot of precautions. Yeah. And no, no, touching and the ball pit would be closed and you have to RSVP to come in and redoing the carpeting situation and no one's allowed on the stage except for the people reading the story and it's just a I'm happy for the idea to actually be able to get out of the house but also I just can't see Mr. Steve doing story times where the kids aren't just fucking attacking
1: yeah yeah
2: you know especially after such a long period in time and and especially since if my kids are going to go to uh Maxwell and Eleanor they love interrupting me and Eleanor will sit on my lap during a during a part and they'll just be all over me and then the other kids say oh hey well if they're doing that then I can do that and it's just I I just I I I, I, I don't know I look back at other story times that I've done for Love Works, and it's just there are people everywhere, and they're all over me, and it just I I I I know that people want things to be back to normal, but it it, it, it it's just it's a lot of anxiety. It's a lot of anxiety. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So that's fun. I'm hoping that they bump up my pay. If we go back to doing normal story time, because as it is, when we do story times live, it's often planned ahead of time by a group and an organization. And then I just sort of come in the day of and be like a wrecking ball. Yeah. But now that we're doing it live from our homes, I have to I do one hour long zoom call a week to plan out the next story time. And then we do a number of run throughs. And then I get there like an hour and a half before we start to go over technical aspects of it. And it's just it, it's store. I'm getting paid less. But it's so much more work for me. Yeah. You know, so it, it'd be nice to be getting. Paid a normal amount and doing less work, which is what happens when I do live story times so it's I, I i mean I don't know uh, i I don't know what's going i I haven't been getting the most sleep. there's a part of me there's some sort of part of me now that's just like let's randomly wake up at four thirty sometime, yeah, as if it's daytime and I and it's so hard to get back to sleep, and and so that's exciting, hooray! But, uh, I made it to Thor in my Marvel Cinematic Universe chronological binge watch.
1: Okay, I'm trying to
2: watch all the Marvel movies in 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 chronological order. So that means the first film that I saw was Captain America, which I hadn't seen for a while. I forgot Captain that it America out in the Antarctic and shit. Are
0: you are you are you talking about chronologically? To yeah, okay, okay. Not yeah. not release so, order.
2: No, no, absolutely not. No right, chronologically. Okay. So the first film I saw was Captain America because that's in the 1940s, and then after that I saw Captain America because that was in the 90s. And then I got through Iron Man one, and then Iron Man two, and I've made it to Thor. So this is my fifth film.
0: I gotta try it like that. I gotta try it like that. Um...
2: It's it's real. it's really interesting. It, it, it's a different sort of feel to see uh, like Agent Carter right off the bat, and then like, oh shit, I'm not seeing you again for another like six movies, and then it's interesting to see. Like uh, Captain Marvel and the beeper, and like, oh, dude, that's not coming back for like another twenty-two movies, twenty-one yeah. movies. Yeah, it's yeah. A different I, feel.
0: I've been watching them, and I've tried to be digging back to the older ones. So I, I did rewatch Captain America recently, and I did rewatch. Yeah, fucking
2: Elon Musk is in Iron Man Two. <laughs> I forgot about that. It feels weirder now that he's like a noted dumbass.
0: Yeah, and and I've recently watched Thor as well. So so what do you have to say about Thor?
2: I haven't gotten to it yet. I was uh, gonna do it yesterday, but then it's like you know what? I, I just don't feel like it. I'll do it. It it's it it's more fun to do during the weekday. Yeah, D- during dur- during during the week as opposed to the weekend. The weekend is my time. The weekday, like, I don't know. Something about doing it Monday through Thursday or, or Monday through Friday makes me feel better. Yeah. So I'll probably get to Thor tomorrow or maybe tonight. I don't know. Okay. Uh, so that's me. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing better than last week. Uh, last week I was really fucking sick. I'm still sleeping a lot. I'm still like feeling dehydrated. Uh other than that I'm okay, I think. So that's what's going on there.
2: Uh funny are you there? I'm not hearing a thing from you.
0: You're not hearing anything? Hello. Okay,
2: now I'm hearing. Okay. Okay, now I'm hearing it. Okay. Uh, this is Fun.
0: Yeah. So where was I? What did you hear?
2: What did uh, you hear? I just heard like the beginning of you starting to talk and then nothing.
0: Oh, well, I've been okay. I'm feeling better than I was last week. I'm still. Yeah, uh,
3: that was the last bit that I heard.
0: Yeah. I'm still pretty tired where like I will fall asleep at a drop the fucking hat, you know? Uh, I've been looking for movies that are just good to fall asleep to, you know? Like I can only be alive for an hour at a time. <laughs> you know? Uh dehydrated, which is has me drinking a lot of ice water and peeing a peeing a lot. Uh okay. but other than that, not bad.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Not not bad. So I was probably too harsh with uh VH, yes, last week, yes, because you know, first, yeah, I watching a comedy when you feel like shit, that's that's hard, that's just hard. But after having thought about it and and thought about the movie and then rewatching it again, I'm I'm still not decided if I want to go genius, but I am waffling on that point. Okay, yeah, like I don't know if I really want to go that far, you know, but really pretty close it's
2: it's a, it's a good movie it's a it's a good movie for a budget of nothing,
0: yeah, and that's the thing, like there's no reason for it to have a budget of nothing, you know, his parents are Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like this is probably the cheapest movie either of them have been in.
0: It's not like this movie would have cost a lot to be a good looking movie, maybe 500 grand, you know? Yep, rent out some decent equipment, get some decent locations, not a lot, you know. This is not a movie that needs millions and millions of dollars.
2: I love it. I'll just put it on. There's not much dirty in it, so I could yeah. watch it with the kids in the in the house.
0: So Tim Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon could have easily have peeled off $500,000 to give to their kid to make a movie. Which me really mean makes it look makes me think more that the cheapness of it is really really just a stylized choice. Yes. You know, either that or he is just fiercely independent and won't take anything yeah. from his parents. You know, something I, like I'm, that.
2: I got to be honest with you, Bunny. Just a, FYI, heads up. I'm only hearing about half of what you're saying. Yeah? I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea what's wrong or if it's me. I mean, I, I I don't think it is, but yeah, no, I'm 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 hearing about half of what you're saying.
0: Yeah, I, I it's the same setup as any week, so I don't see what would change. There's nothing running in the background or anything like that hogging up memory. Which actually, that's typical. I usually have some program in the background that I'm doodling around with.
2: Yeah, I got I got nothing running in the background. Yeah. I got nothing but this.
0: We're gonna have yeah, to, but, but it's, we're gonna have to blame it on the Bossa Nova. You know.
2: Um. Here, maybe Natasha had an idea. Maybe it's better if I go from. I I, I I'm up. I I'm not even using the internet. So it's it's, it's confusing as to like why this is.
0: Well, let's try cheat change treat bleh. let's try treating it as a bad connection. Jump out of the Discord, jump back in, then I'll jump out and I'll jump back in.
2: Yeah, it... Discord was having some issues the other day. Natasha says. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it could be that because think about it. Everybody's home, everybody's finding alternate, always talking. Yeah, so, and it's a, a holiday season. who are actually fucking Missouri Lakes, you know, are pretty much this part. i Yeah,
0: it could just be this. Okay. Well, Tasha, different. do you know of a way to keep the mics on? Like all the time, like instead of having the mic pop on when you're talking, because like that seems to be a big part of the problem. Where if you're idle for a while and then you start talking, the mic has a hard time picking it up at first.
3: Well, you can do because uh, there's the regular setting where it just picks it up. The uh, when you're talking, it'll turn on,
1: or yeah. you can
3: do the push talk, which is where you have to click the button to be able to talk. I don't know if that might be better for y'all or not, uh, you just push the button and then talk and then let go of the button. But that's the only option that discord has right now. Hmm.
1: Cool. I, I
0: don't think that option would work with us.
3: Oh yeah. Cause I'm,
0: that Cause I'm always trying to get a word in with your husband. You know that. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Yeah. So I would be sitting here the whole show with the button pressed in anyway.
3: (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, that's the only options Discord has. Because I don't use the voice chat option on Discord very often, but I do occasionally. But it's on a big server with a lot of people, so we have to do the push to talk so that it's not constantly picking up, like, people in the background and whatnot. Hmm.
0: But for now, jump out of the Discord and jump back in. Let's see if maybe that helps.
2: All right. All right. I'll be back.
0: Okay.
1: He went and did something else, (laughs) though. Hello.
2: Okay, I can hear you. Okay, so good.
0: Let's see if that helps us out. So where were we? Thor. Uh,
2: you you were. We were talking about VHS. Some more. Oh.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I definitely have to give it an upgrade in my esteem of that movie. Um lot of funny bits in it. Uh and the cheapness does make it look more like all VHS footage.
2: Yes.
1: So that is a plus. But I have a
0: few things I want to talk about this week. Uh this week I want to start off with I I, I had a Grubhub experience this week as well you
2: had a Grubhub experience is that what you said did you yeah you didn't get pasquale's pizza and wings did you
0: we did not get pasquale pizza and wings uh i saved my edibles this would be friday after work i had saved my edibles a little longer so that i can get out to the couch and things <laughs> and actually relax a little before the full blown high starts coming on okay <clears throat> okay, and it's Friday you know you want to do a little something special on Friday so Jeannie and I decide we're going to get a couple of subway subs and have and have Grubhub bring it by yeah okay just nice simple you know and nothing out, out outlandish you know just a couple of subway subs uh, which is just up the street Okay. So we go through the ordering process. No particular. Yeah, I go through the ordering process and I don't, you know, there's nothing too spectacular to tell you about the ordering process, what we ordered, how it went through all that. Let's just leave it at I'm high now and it's taking a little longer than usual, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yeah. And and this is edibles. I'm high on edibles. Okay. So now I go through the whole ordering process. And the Grubhub page is a very bland, generic, corporate-looking page. Okay, you know? I mean, there's nothing spectacular about it. Okay? Yes. Uh place the order everything like that and it's just kind of a white grubhub page and it's got a really old looking google maps kind of thing okay okay here's where we live here's where subway is and there's a little car and the map just looks old you know Like, it just looks looks like a very old, basic Google Maps. Okay, so the food is ordered. Uh, I'm going back to rolling a couple of joints. So, like, I haven't gone anywhere on the screen. I just left it up. Not anticipating anything. Okay? And I go back to rolling a couple of joints. And then a little temperature bar pops up. And it's saying that it's going to be delivered between this time and this time. And it's showing a little place like where the order is in the process. And I'm like, that's cute. You know, I wasn't expecting that. That was cute. I mean, I really wasn't expecting much out of the Grubhub page after I placed my order. And I'm still sitting there going about my own business. And I go about my own business a little while longer and it pops up. Was it William? It was William. William will be delivering our food. Well, that's interesting. But I am getting like slightly weirded out now that things keep popping up on the Grubhub page. And I'm like, If that little car on the map starts moving, I'm gonna fucking freak out. You know? Because I'm like, that's that's just not. And I go about my business. And the little car on the map starts fucking driving around. (laughs) I am really, 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 really high at this point. Okay? (laughs) Okay. And and I'm watching a little car drive around the map.
2: <laughs> I've never ordered anything from GrubHub, like like my like my two eighteen year olds have, but I've I've never I've never. Hold on, you on. Done any. <laughs> never done any of this. What was it, what? Let
3: me see no, I'm just i just. See, it's driving down yeah. our street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, okay. Look, it's right across from our building. It stopped. Where are they? Why are they in the parking lot over there across the street? So I stand up and look, and there's a white van. And then it starts moving, so I ask Bunny, I said, is the car on the map moving? Yep. Oh, my gosh. They're in a white van.
0: I'm like, so so. getting back to the beginning of the story, that's everything that comes later. <laughs> I had just become fascinated watching this car drive around the drive around a Google map from like 2003 okay you know yeah. watching this car drive around being like my god I think that's William
2: <laughs> amazing with what well- what you can do with technology these days.
0: And we're just watching William drive all around. I mean, he's got things to do, you know? Uh yeah. And the temperature bar still says that our food is being prepared. Okay. So, like Grubhub is suddenly becoming a fucking experience. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: And again, really, really high. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm watching this. And now insert everything that Jeannie said. Yeah. Okay. Because we now watch him. He's picked up the food. He's made a couple of deliveries. We are on this run. And then we see him coming around and we see him coming up our street which is a three-lane highway okay. okay and he pulls in a place across the street and he stops for a while and but I'm sitting back kind of feeling like you know this is really a a, a really kind of a big invasion into Williams privacy isn't this <laughs> Hmm. I mean, I mean, I, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thoroughly entertained, and feeling guilty about it is basically where I'm at here.
2: Yeah, you're, you're, you're single white female in your Grubhub delivery person. Yeah,
0: yeah, like, like, exactly. You know, the guy's bringing me sandwiches. Exactly, how much entertainment does he owe me? you know
2: yeah yeah
0: but anyway it was like it, it was it was kind of exciting then there was a knock on our door and we had sandwiches and uh he left and it was just like a little later on it's like i i wonder how william is,
2: is yeah you should have got his autograph
0: is he okay yeah
2: since, since you're such big fans of his
0: It was hysterical, especially since, like, I did not expect any single bit of that to happen. Like, I was done with my purchase at Grubhub, and I just neglected to close the tab, you know?
2: Yeah. Grubhub still had so much more to show you.
0: (laughs) And then, yes, so much more happened out of that and kept happening. With each step, me being amazed that that was happening.
2: So, so, so what I'm hearing is Grubhub is very much like Chuck E. Cheese because you get dinner and a show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I understand you now. I, I get yeah. it.
0: I mean, next time around. Maybe I'll just hang out until I find out who our driver is, and then get on with my fucking life.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but I do think you have to have that Grubhub experience. At uh, I think you need to have it once, and I'm, I'm and I'm afraid that by telling you about it, I've just I've spoiled it because because now you know what to expect. No,
2: oh, no, definitely not. No.
0: You know, no, this, I... this was one of those, those stoned experiences where something happens and you don't know why that thing is happening. Yeah. You know, and it was fun because of that. Yeah. You know, it's like if you were looking at a classic meme, like what's a really good old meme? Um Maybe attempted murder. You know, attempted murder. The two crows on the on the bench. Yeah. Okay. Am I breaking up again? You kind of you kind of got staticky there a second.
2: Yeah it's 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 still pretty choppy for me.
0: But you have the attempted the attempted murder meme with the two crows on the bench. And you're just looking at it, and all of a sudden, one of the crows just starts talking to you. That's what this experience was like.
2: Yes, yes, it is.
0: Yes, because it looked so bland and so old. You did not expect any of this shit to be happening on this map or or any bit of it. Yeah. But that is pretty much it for the Grubhub experience of the week. I still find it pretty hysterical.
2: Yeah, uh, it, 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 that's a cute story.
0: But then the next thing I wanted to talk about is stupid people. Because we're having a serious, stupid person problem in this country. And they're not all Karens. And they're not all Karens. They're, they're all sorts of stupid. Um but like particularly the the non mask wearers and we have to reopen protesters.
2: Yeah. Like I uh,
0: There are times where I can still feel a bit of sympathy for these people. Okay. They're stupid. That's a given. Okay. Let's just take that as a given and get that out of the way. They're fucking stupid. They're intensely fucking stupid. Okay. But is stupidity their fault?
2: Interesting question.
0: I mean, they're stupid. What the fuck are they going to do about it? Yeah. You know? Nothing. So it looks to me, after having seen several levels of the same thing, because this is, this is just Jade Helm, you know? It's all Jade Helm. They get some stupid-ass idea into their fucking head, and they go nuts with it. You know?
2: So So, now- so many people... Cool. So many people have spent the last four the last three years saying, oh, the QAnon arrests are right behind are are, are right around the corner. Yeah. Along with the goddamn
1: weekend.
0: Along with the goddamn FEMA camps. Yeah. But the thing is, is like it basically starts with them getting scared about something. Okay. And you know, as well as I do not to be able to feed your family is a legitimate fucking fear. You know?
2: Yeah. They Alex, have Alex Jones, is, Alex Jones is ready to eat people.
0: Oh God. Yeah. Like we need that asshole again. Look stupid. He doesn't realize He's stupid. Yeah, he's too stupid to know he's stupid. That is Dun and Kruger. But not being able to feed your family and not being able to provide for them—that is a real, legitimate fear, and it's actually going on. But then they, but then they pick out. A finger to point and a place to place the blame. And that's when they show they're stupid.
2: To be fair, Bunny, if there's one thing that we can agree on, I think we can all agree on the fact that COVID-19 was created by Bill Gates in a way to microchip us all. Oh, God, yes. I mean, that's just a fact. That's science.
1: (laughs) Yes
0: we don't know why he wants to do any of that
2: <laughs> I kind of like to I haven't heard I kind of like I to, haven't heard go ahead. I haven't heard this much talk about Bill Gates since like then since like since the South Park movie came out
0: Since, since Windows 95 every tech out there will understand that <laughs> yeah yeah
3: yeah
0: i yeah i don't get it i like the meme going around that if bill gates wanted to do that why didn't he do do that to make the zoom popular yeah (laughs) you know i mean really if you're that kind of an evil genius i think you could market your own shit But instead of getting angry at who they need to be angry, which is the government that doesn't give a fuck if we live or die and will tell us to stay home and not do anything to to help us stay home. You know, because like the anger and rage that we feel about it's the same when the stupid people do, you know, but they don't get angry at the actual cause that's hurting us which is the government that's leaving us out here to die, they want to blame essential workers and Bill Gates. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, th- I Sometimes for that reason, I can find sympathy for them. You're stupid. We understand that. You know? Yes. So... I don't know. Let's just get by them. There's nothing we're going to do to them. They're too stupid to understand anything we try to tell them. Even if, I mean, we're literally down to pictures in meme form to try to get people to understand. And it's still not working. Yeah. You know,
2: There's so many angry people right now.
0: Yeah. Well, again, I think, I think you get angrier because you're stupid and you don't really know what's going on and nobody's telling you in a way that you can understand because you can't understand popcorn. You know, so, so, but like, can you blame them for that? I mean that's a, that's a mental deficiency. You know? Yeah. Are we going yeah. to how much blame or are, are we going to put on them where it's it's not their fault that they're stupid. They're just stupid. It's
3: not person's fault if they're blind or they're deaf. Yeah. diabetes or
0: whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever handicap you may have it's not your fault and it's not something that you should like really get blamed for uh, I- I'm still going to make fun of them don't get me wrong <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know yeah. I'm going to make fun of them because like if they're going to get us all killed with stupidity I might as well get some entertainment value out of it you know yeah. but if we can yeah. at least get them pointed in the right fucking direction You know? And have we tried? Have we tried like redirecting where their blame goes? So that's 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 that portion of what I wanted okay. to talk about. My my defense of the stupid. Yep. Um, the third thing I wanted to talk about. Christ, this country's a fucking mess. And and I'm sorry, man. At this point, Democrats are like are, are like. they're really close to Trump supporters. You know, where they're supporting a thing that they that, that they should be able to clearly see is not working. But they're going to yell and defend and defy and everything else, this thing that... I'm, I'm sorry, why can't you see it? Why can't you obviously see that This voting process is a fucking joke. You know, are you following along? You're having a lot of problems there.
2: Uh, hold on a second. Hello, hello, hello.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
2: Okay. Uh, all right. I just went from Wi-Fi back to my network. Let's try this again. Okay. I, 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 I it's a bit choppy. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to follow along. Okay. So continue with your third part. What's your third part?
1: Okay.
0: So the third part is is like. We, we have tried everything that we can in this country and this country is still going way the fuck downhill and it's, it's fucking happening faster and faster too. You know, we're, yeah. we're building up speed at the levels of stupidity. Yeah. Ha- we have here and I'm sorry. A lot of Democrats are really kind of acting like Trump supporters In defending a system that is obviously not working. Yes. You know, I mean, Joe Biden has pretty much now told everybody in America not to vote for him for one reason or another. You know, and please, how can you take seriously that the Democrats want to win this election. Yeah. And then they would like to call me a conspiracy theorist for telling you just what I'm fucking seeing. What well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to, know, you know, Alex Jones or anything. You can't tell me that you think they are trying to win. What can you point out that says Democrats are trying to win this election?
1: Yeah.
2: <clears throat> <sighs> if you vote for Trump, you mean- you're not black. Yeah, that shit pissed me off. You mean to tell me that you have had. Three and a half years to prepare and you're gonna it and 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 you think that Joe Biden is your best way to beat Trump? Like are you fucking serious? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they don't want to beat Trump. They are getting a lot of money out of people's fear of Trump. The more afraid they yeah. are of Trump, the more they donate to the Democratic Party. Because the Democratic Party are the ones that are going to save them. And the Democratic Party says, hmm, do we really want to kill this cash cow? Yeah. But that's not really the brunt of this. I mean, the brunt of it is just the idea that uh, I am really seeing Democrats as brainwashed, as Trump supporters are, you know. You, you have Joe Biden apologize to the black comment the next day. And you know it took 24 hours for people to convince him that it was wrong and stupid. You know? And then people say, look! Look at how much better he is at Trump. He knows how to apologize when he is wrong. And I'm like, really? Is the bar set that motherfucking low? Yeah, that yeah. that's that's it. You, you're you know you're amazed by it. Nancy Pelosi rips up a a fucking copy of a speech, and you're all tits over yourself about it. it it's it, it's ridiculous, but the bottom line is. The voting process just does not work. Or we would not be in this situation at all.
2: Yeah. Hey, Bunny, I just switched to my computer. Can you hear me all right?
0: I can hear you, yeah. I I can hear an echo of myself,
2: though. Uh, God damn it. Trying so hard here to to get this shit working god damn it okay let me let me try doing this again hold on uh, okay Bunny. can you hear me
0: yeah i'll be back in a second though
2: okay all right I am here, trying Ryan, to get this to work, Ryan, my best. funny. Okay. See Spanish. Spanish finish finish finish. Oh.
1: Um...
0: Okay, how you doing? Are you hearing?
2: Yeah, it's so far so good, yeah.
0: Are you speaking? You're speaking. Okay. So,
2: yeah, we no, it's so. Yeah. Yeah, so far everything's all right. (sighs)
1: Okay.
0: So I want to take that that third one from the top again, kind of do a, a abbreviated okay. short because I kind of want to release this bit on its own. So anyway, we all know, or all should know, that we're all pro- politically fucked. And if anybody is watching, especially this election. And in light of previous elections, this is just a dog and fucking pony show. This isn't a a real serious thing. Or we wouldn't be running the candidate that we're running. Yeah. For the second time, we are up against... A moronic baboon. And for the second time, we're having a really hard time beating that moronic baboon. Yeah. Yeah. This is where we are. And do you really want a party that has a hard time beating a baboon? I don't so we're running out of options uh you know they they've been screaming the only power we have is our vote and all this and you know looking at the election it's like well you know guess we don't have that power either really because this is not anything like a real election I mean, you you honestly can't find a decent human being in your party to run against a baboon. I mean, it's not like it takes the most electrifying entertainer in sports entertainment today. Yeah, you know. But we do have one more power. And I think we need to strongly, strongly start considering it. And my question to basically everybody is, why the fuck are we paying taxes anymore? We have, yeah. uh, we have an abusive government that keeps abusing its people We have close to a hundred thousand dead now because of a government that doesn't fucking care. And I blame the entire government. Okay. I don't give a fuck about just blaming Trump. If you're there, it's your fucking fault. If you're a Democrat, you're not trying hard enough. Okay. It's all of your fault. Why are we paying them to abuse us? What sense does that make? Why are we paying them that when our lives are on the line, they can't manage to do anything to help us, but they can manage to help the banks, the airlines, the big corporations, the people they actually think they're working for.
2: Yeah. The Republican Party has basically just become a, the party of companies. And it's ridiculous
0: well but so has the so has the democratic party but the democratic party's part is to go like oh well dearie dear whatever could we have done yeah well there's there's actually a lot you could do if you bothered doing any of it you know how about not signing off on trump's military budgets He needs you to sign off on it, Nancy Pelosi. He needs you to sign off for it. This puts you in a position of negotiation where you could do things that get the concentration camps closed the fuck down or anything to help the people of this country. Oh, you just signed it? You just signed it? You didn't argue the amount or anything? You just signed it? yeah yeah yeah. they're on our side don't think i'm gonna fucking believe that but if we stop paying them they're gonna notice that in a fucking hurry
2: yes they absolutely are
0: and maybe then they remember who the fuck it is they're working for
2: yeah they're not working for fucking wall street Mm
1: mm-hmm
2: the mm-hmm. economy is looking so great, and it's like, who the fuck cares? Yeah,
0: yeah. The economy is looking great. Almost a hundred thousand people dead. Over three million unemployed. The economy is looking yeah. great. It's gonna, it's gonna look absolutely beautiful when it's full-blown depression. Then, isn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: When we're all destitute and scrapping for anything to fucking do. It's going to look, it's going to look beautiful then. And as long as it looks beautiful, it doesn't matter if that's what happens to us. Yeah. It doesn't matter if wages go down to $6 an hour and you need 10 jobs to get through a fucking week. That was, that won't matter. No. Because the economy looks good for everybody else. So I'm saying we need to stop paying taxes. We're we're not getting the services that we deserve. This is a normal business transaction like any other business transaction. You know, you, you go to McDonald's and you don't get burgers. You don't pay them. That's how it goes. We need services from this government and we need them like fucking 10 years ago. And we're not getting them. We're in the worst pandemic pretty much in history. I mean, I think it's still the Spanish flu edges out, but we're fucking getting there. Yeah. And not only are you not helping us, you are showing us that you are more than capable of helping us because you give our money to corporations. You give the banks a trillion dollars a day. So you're showing us literally that, yes, you have the funds, you have the ability to help us. You are choosing not to. And in that regard, Why am I paying you? Why am I paying you for services not being rendered? Yeah. The government's job is to be taking care of its people. And this government is not doing its job. So fuck taxes. And cut on that.
2: Did you say cut on that? No, I said, said.
0: I said cut on that. Yeah, it sounded like okay. a nice dramatic spot to drop it.
2: Yeah. Okay. I I I uh, I heard about fifty percent of that, but the part that that I did hear were great. <laughs> okay, so let, let's bunny. If you're like me, then you're no doubt a fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? But only real fans, true hardcore fans of this podcast would know the two biggest facts about us, America's greatest podcasting duo, Bunny and Steve. First and foremost, the totally really real fact about you, Bunny, is that in your spare time, you volunteer at a local zoo. So tell the audience, Bunny, what is it, in fact, that you do at the zoo?
0: Um, What I'm supposed to do at the zoo, or what I don't get caught at at the zoo? Both. Okay. Okay, well... First, it's an insect zoo. Okay. Um, okay. So... One of my duties is sniffing the mothballs. Uh-huh. They they hey. don't like it. Okay. Let me just say that. They they don't really like it at all. Cause they they're Good to know. they're little insects and they're frightened by a giant Godzilla nose coming out at them. Yeah. 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 But, you know, but gotta check them gotta make sure that the mothballs smell like mothballs and the snozzberries yeah. taste like snobsberries that's you know that's part of the job uh wiping the powder off the moth wings so that they don't get away you know which that's is important which is a lot kinder than clipping the bird's wings you know yeah uh Making sure the rhinosaur rino- rino- beetles are not are not bullying the other bugs. Okay, and frankly, these days, letting the bees do whatever the fuck the bees want, you know, they're yeah. endangered and they know it, and they're being little punks about it. If you ask me, okay, but yeah, that's it. They're the bees. We're fucked without the bees. So we have to kiss it a little pollen asses all the time.
2: It's like we get you're an endangered species, but you don't have to be a dick about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to get all yeah. fucking smug. You don't see the polar bears yeah. getting smug. You yeah. know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's just sense. like,
0: yeah, we're endangered, but you know, we're getting Coca-Cola. So it's okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, so this, so, the second thing that you would know about me is that I'm a lover of history. I love it. But I'm also a storyteller. So, what I like to do is I like to get a story from the history books and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is another educationally uneducational installment of Steve's Historic Approximations. <laughs> Or shap, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wants me to or not. Personally, I like the name shap. It sounds like the sound of an electric door closing. Shap, and that was written by my daughter Isabella while she was on the couch. <laughs> and so, this week on the old shapity shap shap, we will be telling the story of the making of an X Men movie that has been through many trials and tribulations, that it is obvious that God herself, God being Canadian national treasure Alanis Morissette, I saw God live last year. Yes. It's an undisputed fact at this point that God doesn't want this film released. I guess somewhere in between... X-Men, X-Men 2, X-Men United, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, X-Men First Class, The Wolverine, X-Men Days of Future Past, Deadpool, X-Men Apocalypse, Logan, Deadpool 2, X-Men, and X-Men Dark Phoenix, 12 movies. At some point in time, God just said, that's it. I'm sick of all of these subpar mutant movies. I mean, me, damn. (laughs) What God would say. Instead of goddamn, he would say me damn. So, the 13th uh, Mar uh, X Men movie is doomed, and God just doesn't want this movie made. So, let's talk about that. Josh Boone, he's a okay. filmmaker, he's a filmmaker, writer, director, and in 2012, he made an indie drama about a writer's family struggles. It's called Stuck in Love, and it stars uh, Greg Kinnear and Jennifer Connelly. And no one saw it, but that's fine, because his handling of the complexities of love in this little scene indie film led him to a possible big break, directing 2014's teen romance hit, The Fault in Our Stars. Okay. Which was the first in a number of films... That were basically, I love you, I love you too, but we have diseases and are gonna die. I saw that film a couple of times throughout uh, 2019. The film, The Fault in Our Stars, based on a popular, very, uh, very popular teen uh, romance novel cost 12 million dollars to make and it made over 300 million dollars at the box office so it's cemented the name of josh boone as an up-and-coming director who can handle both complex relationships and teen drama and both of those things complex relationships and teen drama are basically what the x-men are all about yes so hollywood came calling and suddenly josh boone is all over the place he is currently finishing work on a 10-part miniseries based on Stephen King's The Stand, which is allegedly going to come out this year. Very topical. He was also attached to make a gritty series of vampire Lestat movies for Universal, but Universal let the rights go. Also, 20th Century Fox came calling and said, Look, Josh Boone, you just directed Fault in, there, in Our Stars. You." That was a teen drama. You did really well. We got two words for you. New Mutants. And new as Mut- it turned out, yeah, apparently Josh Boone, huge X-Men fan. He had a collection of X-Men comics in his home, so this was a dream for him. So they announced new X-Men movie, New Mutants, directed by Josh Boone, and they announced this that they have attached Josh Boone to direct a new Mutants movie in the trades in 2015. Okay. To give you you an example of how long of a road this was. In 2015, they said, new upcoming film, New Mutants, directed by Josh Boone. And just to clarify, it is currently summer of 2020 right now. So Josh Boone had an idea for a standalone X-Men film and if it was successful, it might turn into a, series, a trilogy. But not the same old X-Men we've all seen a billion times before in the previous 12 <laughs> X-Men movies. No Professor X, no uh, home for gifted youngsters. But in this film would be younger teens that are struggling with their powers. Teens we haven't seen in movies before. The new mutants. And here's the kicker. Here was Josh Boone's big, big driving goal. New Mutants would be dark, very dark, definitely darker than the X-Men movies we have seen so far, okay?
0: Which I could accept.
2: Yeah, he was basically pitching an X-Men horror movie. Yeah. This got the studio worried, it is important to say. The studio... Was at face value saying, yes, we're so excited about Josh Boone's uh new take on the X-Men mythology. We are are so excited to bring new mutants to you. So be sure and look for it. Summer 2018. <laughs> but in the boardrooms and whatnot, behind the scenes, 20th Century Fox. Uh, were mad crazy nervous about what was essentially an x-men horror film so despite the studio's fears the film started moving ahead the script was done in 2016 and casting news started popping up the star would be macy williams from game of thrones she would be in it along with uh jonathan byers from stranger things and a bunch of other young actors, the basic premise of the film is, is as follows. The script went through a number of different revisions and and this and that, but the basic, the basic premise of the film is, bunch of teenagers, their powers manifest, oftentimes with deadly results, so they are sent to a mysterious hospital to get better and learn to control their powers, but it gets pretty dark pretty quick, and the teens soon learn that they're not there to get better. It's an X-Men film, it's a John Hughes film. It's one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, meets Shutter Island, sort of a hybrid, and they start filming in 2017. And then uh boom! The movie is done! Oh wait, the studio wants some reshoots. Okay, let's do these reshoots. We are done with the reshoots. The movie is done. Oh wait the studio wants more reshoots. Okay we're going to reshoot this and now boom the movie is done and they showed a preview at Comic Con 2017. (laughs) And the trailer for The New Mutants drops on Friday the 13th of October 2017. There's a real dark tone to the trailer which makes sense because a month before the trailer came out It just did huge numbers at the box office, so they were going for that. But the trailer has the release date locked at the end of the film New Mutants, January 2018. And then, uh, people get really psyched about it, especially comic book fans, X Men fans, New Mutant fans. They're excited about this dark, uh, uh, horror take on. The X-Men. Well, so yeah. They're all excited. Yeah,
0: and and do we really need to see the X-Men again? Because that's, that's bottom line what the fucking new mutants are anyway. You know? And it's yeah, the new it mutants. Cool. I mean, they, they don't really have the love that other comics have. I think there's room to mess around with them a little bit. Yeah. So to make them, yeah. make them darker and put them in darker situations... I I like that idea. I don't know what else it's better than what you would think the new mutants would be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Fresh, fresh take on things. Yeah. So originally they were saying a general, it's coming out in 2018 and people were like, Oh, it's going to come out summer of 2018. And then the official date is, uh, Uh, the release date is, uh, is locked January, 2018. And people are like, Oh, we thought it was going to come out in the summer, but Oh, wait, it's coming out in January, 2018. So that's pretty exciting. But then the studio goes, Oh, wait, then that will mean that new mutants will be in theaters round about the time that we're getting ready to release Deadpool two. We can't have that. Let's just push the date. Of New Mutants. Let's just push it. So then New Mutants was coming out in March or April 2018. And that way, hey, uh, we have time for even more reshoots. We're going to do reshoots. Because, again, 20th Century Fox is just (laughs) shitting bricks about the idea of a horror comic book movie. So, yes, March 2018. Oh, wait, we need to do a lot of reshoots, a ton of reshoots. We need to redo so much. So let's push it back again to the end of 2018. You know what? Make it February. February 2019, New Mutants are coming out again. I know we've been dicking you around, but this time we promise. February 2019, that's when New Mutants are coming out. So the closer that you get to New Mutants, the fans are starting to get a little bit uh, like weary. And they're like, uh we're getting near 2019 is new mutants coming out and then of course at that time the studio 20th century fox goes oh wait hold on guys hold on if we release new mutants in february 2019 then new mutants will be in theaters Round about the time that X-Men Dark Phoenix comes out, and we can't have two X-Men movies in theaters at the same time. We can't do that. Okay, we're bumping New Mutants again. <laughs> so now New Mutants gets a new release date, August 2019. Now, by this time, the fan base is getting worried, and understandably so, because Fox was just dicking them over, over and over and over again. But Fox tries to settle down the fan base and goes, "Look, guys." I, I know you're thinking that we're doing all of these reshoots on the film to make it less scary but don't worry these reshoots are not to tone down the horror no these reshoots and we're doing so many reshoots to get this just right these reshoots and this is 20th Century Fox speaking are to make the movie even scarier Oh, but then, in March of 2019, boom! Disney buys Fox. <laughs> Paradigm shift. And so Disney is going through all of the Fox archives, going through all of 20th Century Fox records, going through everything with a fine-tooth comb, and they announce... Uh... Guys? Uh... I mean, maybe we shouldn't say this. Well, I guess we should say it. I mean, we own the company, so whatever. Um, hey, everybody, Fox did no reshoots. <laughs> None were done at all. I know that Fox has been telling you this whole time. They're like, oh, we need to do reshoots. Oh, more reshoots. Even more reshoots. Yeah, they did shit. <laughs> and that they were basically just pushing the film back because they were worried about it and nervous about it. So Disney's like, well, hey, you know, we've got this uh, already done film. Yeah, I guess we'll just release it. Uh, Here, let's take a look at the movie. So Disney takes a look at the film New Mutants, and Disney says, I don't know about this. I don't know about this uh, superhero horror movie. So they marked the film as having, quote, very limited box office potential.
1: Oh. So okay.
2: Disney goes, you know what? When is this supposed to come out? August 2019, cancel that. I don't know if we're even going to release this thing. I mean, it, nobody nobody wants this X-Men horror movie. But So Disney is in no rush to release this film. So there goes August 2019 release date. But the X-Men fans are demanding it. They have been screwed over so hard by Fox throughout 2017 and 2018 and 2019. So the fans are pissed. And and the fans want this movie to come out because they've been screwed over so hard by Fox. So at the end of 2019, Disney finally goes, look. I think by now everyone knows that we here at the Disney Corporation are not a big fan of this New Mutants movie, but we hear you fans. We know you want it. And as far as we can tell, yeah, Fox really did screw you guys over with this thing. Saying that reshoots were happening when they weren't happening and changing the release date over and over and over and over again. So you guys have been through a lot, so... (sighs) Fine. We'll give you a release date for the damn New Mutants movie. That we didn't even make, but that's fine. Here we'll release the movie. Finally. And and and, and we here at Disney know that this movie's been fucked over before. So we promise, we promise you, no more changing the release date. New mutants will beyond a shadow of a doubt be released in theaters nationwide on April 3rd, 2020.
0: Oh my god.
2: Yes, we here at Disney, at the end of 2019, guarantee that, I mean, bearing and, barring an act of God, <laughs> the New Mutants will definitely be in all of the world's very much open movie theaters in April of 2020. So that's essentially, that's essentially what Disney did. And, well, God had other plans. Namely, a pandemic that would kill millions of people and also close all movie theaters. So recently, the past couple of weeks, Disney said, Yes, all of our parks are closed. We hope to open them in the future. Hopefully soon. Hopefully we will get through this. Know that Disney cares about you. And also, due to the ongoing pandemic, we are forced,
3: FORCED,
2: our 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 our, back, our our hands are tied here. Sorry, New Mutants is coming out August of 2020, and the best part about about Disney saying that they were forced to reschedule the New Mutants film and will now be in theaters in August of 2020 is the fact that finally the entire planet was united—Republicans, Democrats, the left and the right, and people all over the globe said. Really, Disney? Really? <laughs> so, now the new Mutants movie, which I should have already seen, is coming out in August 2020, allegedly.
1: Allegedly.
0: When?
2: Allegedly. There was some talk about maybe Disney is just going to release this film on Disney+, Plus, but the negative part of that is that Disney doesn't want to release bad like like more they are wary about putting more adult shit on Disney Plus. They they uh edited the nudity out of Tom Hanks's Splash. Oh Which was one of the best parts of Splash, that and John Candy. Yeah. So I don't see them putting an R-rated X-Men movie on Disney Plus. But also, I don't think this film is ever coming out in theaters. God just doesn't want this movie to happen. (laughs) Just period.
0: But seriously, is that so terribly different than the new Mutants comics get treated anyway?
2: I don't know. I was excited for this new Mutants movie, which, again, I should have seen by now. Not that I'm upset about it. But, yeah. So, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that the coronavirus was just created by God to stop an X-Men movie. I think everyone can agree with that. That's a fact.
0: I, I think you might have a basis for that.
2: Yeah, thank you. So that's it for Steve's Historic Approximations this time around. Next week, we're going to be talking about how Domino's Pizza's The Noid was once involved in a hostage crisis.
1: Oh, nice. Okay.
2: Yeah. uh, it's, It's a fun, weird story. That's next week. So join us next week for more Steve's Historic Approximations. And cut on that bunny. Yes. We still have a movie to get to, but before we get to that, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break?
0: We should take a break.
2: All right. We will be right back with more of the Pope on film after this. Do 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 do. And break.
0: All are lunatics, but he who can analyze his delusion is called a philosopher.
3: People used to go to New York to make it to be something in the arts.
2: Lauren Michaels was this strange Canadian come into town with this weird
1: idea. We just happen to have the producer of the program, Mr. Lauren Michaels, with us. What should we look for on your program?
2: It's one hell of a day in my neighborhood.
1: It's lasted through the ups and downs of America and the world.
3: said it would be a cross between 60 minutes and monty python it was all anybody could really talk about it was the dialogue of the year when it came on it's
0: important to remember political comedy was essentially dead on american television as the writers you sit around and go like what's true about this story that no one's saying
2: man
1: it's cool i'm gonna be president that's
2: wicked does it create a permanent stereotype that you got to work to
1: try to overcome you're done right at it does it's got to be all about job creation bingo it's america right now whether you like it or not <laughs> people expect us and also take issues oh!
2: people like when something goes down like what are they going to do on snl well, stop being so gentle
1: with that thing Here, let me show you yeah
0: the only form where everyone is necessary till the end. We don't go on because we're ready. We go on because it's
1: 1130. Live from New York! Live from New York! Live from New York!
2: And we're back with more of the Popon film. Act 3, Bunny! Act 3!
3: Act 3!
2: Yes, Bunny, my friend, my brother, my some third thing. It is time, once again, for all of us here at the Pope on film Podcast to mosey on into our third and final act. And it is said third act wherein we finally, in- eventually get around to discussing our low, low cost, but still full coverage that you've come to expect from a quality podcast movie of the week. And this week, we begin our summer-long tribute to one of the finest character actors of our time, The Summer of Fred Willard, with a look, or a first look on my my part, a, a look at the 2004 stoner comedy Harold and Kumar go to White Castle.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: You know that at White Castle locations, they had Harold and Kumar collectible cups for this movie. Oh,
0: fuck. Yeah, I would. I'm White Castle.
2: Everybody knows of White Castle. What kind of
0: promotion do they ever get?
2: Yeah, they, they were so happy that the movie gave them publicity that they did a series of Harold and Kumar collectible cups. First time ever that an R rated movie had a collectible cup at a fast food franchise. Now, uh, here's the start of our new summer tradition. Uh, every movie that we do during the Summer of Fred Willard, I want to start right off the bat with the Fred Willometer.
1: Okay. Where
2: we discuss, where we start the discussion of this week's film with a look at the man of the hour. Mr. Fred Willard, who just passed on at the age of three thousand eight hundred eight hundred and thirty four years old.
1: Yes.
0: And will we feel as bad for Martin Mull? I'm thinking probably not.
2: Oh, yeah. Martin Mull has to be quaking in his boots if he's alive. (laughs) Is he
3: alive? I'm assuming he's alive.
2: Anywho. In this week's film, Fred Willard pops up right in the beginning as a founding member of the Hemoglobin Trotters. Yes. Not the biggest part, but that's what that's what you have to expect in the world of Fred Willard. Good delivery, very uh, natural delivery, a bit of physical comedy, too, with the drink uh, spilling on his lap. I'd say peak Fred Willard. Uh, I, and again, I
0: I will go, I will go peak Fred Willard, but even though this, this role is small, it really packs a a fucking wallop. Uh, it is a very important scene in this movie. I think that really defines who Kumar is.
2: Yes. Yes, it's a good look at Kumar. Uh, This is a... Kumar has a better initial look at his character with Fred Willard's help than I think Harold has just being forced to do more work. Yeah. Because of douchebags. But again, the thing I like about the summer of Fred Willard is you never know how much Fred Willard you're going to get. He could be the star of the film the co-star, a small bit part, you never know. Yeah. That, that was always the thing about Fred Willard. You'd watch a movie. A, you would watch a Fred Willard movie or you would watch a movie and go, oh shit, that's Fred Willard. Yes. Fred Willard uh-huh. was either a reason why you saw the movie or you're seeing the movie and fuck, there's Fred Willard just popping up like a weed.
0: Yeah, or a pleasant treat. Yeah. Either he's why you so, went or he's a pleasant treat that just pops up out of nowhere. Hey, breaking yeah. news. Martin Mull is still alive.
2: Oh, good. 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 Good to hear. Good to hear. He was a staple of HBO in the eighties. Yes. Martin he Mull was. was somehow always on HBO in the eighties.
1: <laughs> yes. Not, he sure was. How
2: that, not sure how that worked, but Harold and Kumar. I have never seen a single Harold and Kumar movie before. And the reason for that is because this movie came out in 2004. In 2004, baby Emerald would not go to sleep unless I slept in the bed with her and left when she fell asleep, which is, which would have been fine were it not for the fact that she wanted me to cuddle with her in her tiny ass fucking little toddler bed. Yeah. It, 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 I imagine it's like uh, the undertaker laying down on a twin bed, yeah, is how I felt every night. So I'm tucking in baby emerald while also getting crazy drunk with my girlfriend Natasha that I was living with at the time in a crappy ass apartment. And I wasn't really into weed at the time or weed humor, with the only exception being the first two Cheech and Chong movies and Brad Pitt's amazing performance in True Romance.
1: Okay.
2: Big, big fan of his part in that film. Brad Pitt is a wonderful actor when he's not the star. (laughs) His best parts, True Romance, Once Upon a Time, dot, dot, dot in Hollywood, uh, 12 Monkeys, you know? Is when he's not the top billing, uh, inglorious bastards. He he can be a great actor, but he doesn't have to carry the film. Yeah. Also, I've never been to a fucking White Castle.
0: Okay, now White Castle, I I, I feel I feel uh, very qualified to speak about this. Uh, it's see, the thing the thing is is that White Castle is much more than, uh a fast food place white castle is really more of a cultural thing okay because yeah. i'll admit me, me and Jeannie she'll get a box of white castle frozen because you could do that um and i can give you cooking instructions
2: uh i love those those frozen white castle sliders though yeah i eat the shit out of them. But can you really an actual white castle?
0: But can you really say that they're good? Like, is that really like a good burger? And I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say no. But I'll
2: eat a whole fucking box of them. Yeah, just uh, just in seconds.
0: Because there is still something about them, and I think it's some kind of an addictive quality. And part of that is like if you spend a night and you go on a Harold and Kumar style bender for White Castle, which I have done, although I've not gotten into quite those adventures. Yeah. You fill up on White Castle, okay? And the next day, you've got the White Castle farts and the white castle farts to you probably not to anybody around you yeah smells like a white castle and you kind of oh. want white castle again
2: interesting uh huh that's some that's some uh, interesting marketing it's an interesting marketing strategy
0: so i'm going to go with like white castles are good but maybe not so much in the taste department.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and by the way, microwave two minutes with the wrapper on, one and open only. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, thank you.
0: Because they got to get so, soggy. They got to be a little bit soggy. Yeah.
3: So
2: it makes sense that, like, I'm on the East Coast, and oh, look at this movie. Two stoners go to a fast food restaurant that I've never been to.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
2: So it sort of made sense for me to not see it. But now it's 16 years later, I have five kids, and I'm living with a state that, despite it being wildly Republican, is real cool with weed. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so i took a bunch of edibles and watched this a few times and and i think it's so funny because there are so many movies that would be changed now i mean we're i'm not sure if we're near legalization but we're nearer than we have ever been before yeah and weed is is very much everywhere or or much easier to get than it has been before and and how many movies and TV shows would be different if they were made today
0: exactly you know exactly the
2: show weeds the show weeds would be two episodes long
0: yeah and like like Harold and Kumar seems like the last movie to be made in that era yeah
2: yeah yeah I, I I yeah, I can agree with that.
0: You're throwing out your anyway, pot because I, of the cops, yeah, yeah
2: yeah but but, but yeah, i I love this stupid movie.
1: yes,
0: see, I at thought you would I, like it, and I was surprised that you kept at, away from it
2: at first, I just liked the film, like, oh, this is a pretty good movie. like i I guess I like it. But when they start writing the cheetah. Yes. (laughs) And then Harold is knocked into an animated sequence. That's when it became official. Like, oh, this movie is stupid and I love it. (laughs) It's just dumb and fun and I love it. Now, to be clear. Yes. Want to be clear here. I don't give a fuck about Harold and or Kumar. I don't care about them, their dynamic, their family issues, the fact that one of them ended up working for the Obama administration. Yeah. I do not care. I don't really think that they're that special or dynamic. I don't think their characters are that amazing. Agreed, agreed.
0: Although I I do kind of like watching Harold you know seeing as he's also sulu you know and has become like the go-to asian guy yeah yeah you know isn't he isn't he in that 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 rich crazy asian thing
2: god everybody was in rich crazy Asian. yeah so i'm pretty sure he was um wasn't wasn't dry eye and crazy rich Asians too the bad guy from the gentleman pretty sure he was in it <laughs> but but it, i don't particularly care about harold and kumar but i love the wacky cast of characters and some of the great character actors and crazy people who come and go throughout this movie
1: yes Uh
2: anthony anderson is amazing as the burger shack employee who decides to burn the restaurant down
1: yes Uh uh-huh yes he was i
2: love anthony anderson he is the star of the tv show blackish which uh amber and i binge watch every once in a while and i really relate to it because i'm not mexican but i'm mexican-ish
1: yeah Yes, you are. Where'd you go?
0: I see your little icon flashing, but I'm not hearing anything out of you at all. Rye, as usual, tried jumping out and back in again. I'm not hearing a word you're saying. Okay, I heard a little something there.
2: Okay. Hi. Hey there. So,
0: so riding the cheetah.
2: Still re- still recording? Yes, we are. Yeah, okay. So, I really like Anthony Anderson popping up. He has a game show with his mom that's really good that I saw the other day. Okay. Okay. Bobby Lee from Mad TV is the Asian with a two-part question at Princeton. Yes. It's nice to see him. I haven't seen him in the longest time. Deadpool shows up at the hospital. I now realize it was because of uh, that, that movie that they did together. Van Wilder.
0: Van Wilder.
2: Yeah. So that's why Deadpool shows up at the hospital. I freaking love Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Freak Show, the redneck with the fucked up face, is Christopher Maloney from Law & Order and Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> okay. He's the guy who, uh, he, he's, he, Freak Show with the fucked up face. He's, uh, Gene, the cook, who talks to the can of mixed vegetables. So, really happy about that. Uh, 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 I the person who in this movie who I was most happy to see besides Dr. Horrible was uh, Tariq the black guy in jail. Yes. He was in Malcolm in the Middle for like a decade. He was on <laughs> Boston Legal. He was on Weeds. He also does voiceover work in a lot of cartoons including a couple of episodes of Rick and Morty. He was Poncho in Anatomy Park. <laughs> because uh uh John Oliver's in that one too. And of course Neil Patrick Harris this movie uh got him the part in that show How I Met Your Mother. So this yeah. movie revitalized his career and like good for them. Good good for him, you know? If Neil Patrick Harris had said no they were going to get Ralph Macchio. So there's oh, a, no. there's an old So there's an alternate universe out there where Ralph Macchio is a huge actor right now. <laughs> so i find that to be interesting where ralph macchio got the boost that neil patrick harris got and i'm I'm excited yeah, yeah. for that alternate universe
0: i Get thought i thought fact- neil patrick harris's part in this movie was fucking genius i really do because neil ha- patrick harris he got you to buy in. He got you to buy in and say, okay, that's Neil Patrick Harris.
2: Yeah, and and he's so gay. Yeah. In real life. And it's so great that he can play a version of himself that is just like this coked out guy on ecstasy that's just grabbing titties.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: You know, you have... A sense of humor about yourself, and like, good for you, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes, hats off. I have an autograph. I have an autographed copy of his autobiography. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's not old enough for a fucking it's a autobiography. Choose your
2: own autobiography, and you read the book as if you are Neil Patrick Harris, and you get to decide what happened.
1: Oh, cool.
2: Yeah. So you can, you can, you can. There are different fake endings, and you can die and stuff. It's really neat. (laughs) And fun fact, Rosenberg and Goldstein, a.k.a. Rosencrantz and uh, Guildenstern. Yes. uh, The original plan was they also had a huge adventure that night, and the original plan was to film their adventure as well and so after harold and kumar they would film the exact same movie but from a different perspective and i would have dug that
0: yeah so would i so would i
2: i would have dug that cuz it does it, it does give you the sense that like oh they're also doing their their own shit
0: an interesting strange fact from the world of yep. bootlegs My copy came up and the opening title said, Harold and Kumar, get the munchies.
2: Huh. Interesting. Maybe you got like a foreign copy.
0: I have no idea because like that was the very first thing I think I I, I like froze and I watched the movie and like, are they speaking in English? Okay, English confirmed. And the movie went on without a fucking hitch at all after that. Uh, fun unusual...
2: fact. Fun fact: A couple of days ago, the director, what's his name? The guy who made the the guy who uh, directed all of the Back to the Future movies, Bob Gale. Is that his name? Yeah. He was on Netflix and Back to the Future 2 is on Netflix. And he noticed that for whatever reason, Back to the Future on Netflix edited out the scene where uh, Marty McFly thinks he has the sports almanac, but instead it's like a nudie magazine called Ooh La La. They completely removed all of that.
0: What the fuck, Netflix? Why are you removing shit now?
2: Yeah, and so Bob Gale called Universal, and Universal called Netflix, and Netflix had them remove that version, which was apparently a slightly different foreign version of the movie that they didn't even know existed.
1: Oh, okay.
2: They they had no idea where this strange cut of the film had come from. so interesting that it says that seems somehow related that you saw Harold and Kumar get the munchies which is the exact same thing as what I saw but with a different title card yeah like back in the day when they would release like a horror movie to these markets but it didn't do well so we're going to release the same film to these markets under a different title yeah and like during the 70s, all of these grindhouse films, you go to their Wikipedia page and it says "Eaten Alive, a.k.a. Psycho Gator House, a.k.a. <laughs> Redneck Death March 5 and shit like that. <laughs> so, Bunny, question. Yes. Are the, are the sequels any fucking good?
0: sure because they're the same thing
2: okay natasha natasha was all excited that i was watching the harold and kumar movies because um one of the guys from supernatural is married to a character actress who was in the second one
0: uh huh
1: okay
2: so so because everything is connected to supernatural yes so so she was all like, oh, which one are you watching? Oh, you know, Janiel is in Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay. Are you guys going to do that? And I'm like, not now, because Fred Willard's not in it. <laughs> yeah. But I was interested if, if the Guantanamo Bay and the Christmas special, whatever the fuck, were, 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 were worth tracking down. Well,
0: the Christmas one I haven't watched because I can't watch it. It's in 3D and I don't have anything to play yeah. it. Uh but I do have it. <laughs> uh Harold and Kumar, yeah, it's fun. It's it's I mean it's it's the sequel to this. It's this more. Yeah. Okay. Like I don't know what to say about it past that. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um so that's interesting. Um, I like the movie. It's a lot of fun. And I feel that with the movies that I have picked out for our uh, summer of Fred Willard, some of these are pretty bad. Yes. I have a feeling that we are definitely not going to like all of these films that I have picked out here. But uh, that being said... I had a lot of fun with Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle. This is something I'm definitely going to just pop in and watch every once in a while. You know? Yeah. Fun-ass movie. Fun-ass movie. So So that's all I have for this week. Next week, I was trying to put off the Christopher Guest movies. Okay. I didn't want to start out just... Fred Willard died. Let's do best in show. Or, you know, like, yeah, Fred Willard died. Of course, we need to do waiting for Guffman first. So I wanted to put some space between. You know, the the Christopher Guest documentaries, which are wonderful, but. It, it, when I think of Fred Willard, and he's been in a lot of things, there is one part of his that I always go back to over and over again. He does not have a lot of lines, but the lines he has are fucking great, and I say them all of the time. So, fuck it. Next week, we are doing the Natasha and I's first date. Okay. First time we ever went out. We went to a preview of next week's film, A Mighty Wind.
1: Okay.
2: It is in the cough cough. Okay. The crazy part is some of these some of these songs are actually very good. Uh, I have the the new Main Street Singers version of Never Did No Wandering on my phone. It's it's one of my most listened to songs. I listen to it constantly. My kids have no idea that this one song that they really like is from a mockumentary. (laughs) But it is impossible in my house to just say, what happened?
1: Yeah.
2: You can't just say, what happened? You have to say, what happened? (laughs) And it's one of my, if not the favorite fred willard character and i love it so much and that's what we're doing next week we are also going to be talking about the importance of eating potato chips b- before you die next week uh an snl uh, a current snl cast member has a new podcast that we're going to be talking about i'm very excited about this podcast and of course the Noid was involved in a hostage situation once, and we were going to be talking about that as well. Awesome. And continuing our summer of Fred Willard with a look at the Christopher Guest mockumentary, A Mighty Wind*. That is next week, and I'm very excited about that. But now that I'm looking back at this week, uh, God Hates Mutants, True Romance, Shutter Island... uh nolan bushnell's pizza the fucking academy awards i gotta say i think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast if i do say so
0: i think this is a damn good episode a damn good a damn like i haven't given in quite a while now
2: okay good i feel i felt the same way but i didn't want to step on your toes but yes i i concur good sir
0: Oh, I forgot I still had a part there.
1: <laughs>
2: so yes. until next yes.
0: week, yes. I am Bunny Williams.
2: And I am Reverend Steve, and on behalf of Natasha and everybody else in this house, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens.
3: <laughs> do 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 do
2: cut and print.